You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 186. So how do high achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Hello, how are you today? I'm really excited about sharing what I'm going to share with you about high performance mindset for overcoming obstacles. Anytime we want something, we are going to encounter obstacles, period. It's how we think about them that determines whether we overcome them or not. Think about what you want to create in your life. Got it? Good. Have that in mind as you listen to this episode today. You are going to learn how to think about obstacles in the way high-performance athletes think about them. Distinguish true obstacles from what we believe are obstacles to achieving our goal, but aren't. You are going to also uncover your specific obstacles so you can knock them down one by one. I'm going to give you some examples so that way you can see if they are coming up in your life and you are can you can see whether or not they're actually an obstacle or not. And you're going to want to listen all the way to the end because I talk about the biggest hurdle really that you or any of us face when it comes to creating high performance mindset. This is one of those episodes I recommend going back to and listening to a couple times, especially if you're new to this work. Just listening to this episode will help you make shifts. On your way to achieving what you want, whether it's a loving relationship, a thriving practice, a lifestyle where you can enjoy time freedom, whatever it is, there will be obstacles. Each obstacle is a game we must play. Each game you play and win gets you one step closer to creating what you want. I read a quote from Michael Jordan a while back. What he said was that when he was leading a team of players to the championship, he focused what they thought about. He told them never think about what's at stake. Just think about the one game you are about to play. Once they start thinking about who's going to win the championship, they will lose their focus on the game in front of them. So let me break this down a little further so you can see how this applies to getting what you want. When an athlete wants to win a gold medal, a championship, to be the best player of all time, they focus on one true obstacle at a time. That means they focus on one performance at a time, one game at a time, one gym session at a time. They ask themselves powerful questions like, What's one action I can take right now that will help this performance? How can I create the best odds of winning this game? What will help me the most towards my goal during this gym session? What they don't do is ask themselves what if scenario questions. What if this performance is awful? What if I lose this game? What if this gym session isn't enough? They also don't focus on what's not a real obstacle, like that player is such a jerk. This game is going to be so hard. I don't really want to do this gym session. 
Other people, a game, a gym session aren't the obstacle, and they understand that. This is going to be really important as we get to the end of this episode. I really want you to see this. It is not the obstacle. They can see their true obstacles. A true obstacle is what is impacting their thinking, right? Like they see that their thinking is impacting how they play the game. How they play the game is really what matters. So when we hear inspirational quotes, they've made their thought processes second nature, which is why we believe it must be just so easy for them. We believe they've never complained or had a hard day. They do, but they've practiced refocusing on what's most important to help them achieve their goal over and over until it becomes second nature. And they know what works for them, right? Like they see it. They see what works for them because they've experimented. But that's a whole other podcast. So everything elite athletes think about are the most impactful actions in this moment that will help them in this moment in time because they've practiced thinking that way. When you hear people talk about being present, this is how being present impacts achieving your goals. When you hear people talking about enjoying the journey, this is how you enjoy the journey towards your goal. Keep returning to the current obstacle at hand. That's what happens when my clients hit the outcomes they want. They've practiced thinking about what's most important and it becomes second nature. That's why once you start seeing results, you start to see them faster and faster. It's because you've learned to override the autopilot brain to come back to the present moment. And once you start thinking about how you could be disappointed and never find a relationship, once you think about how hard it is to build your practice, once you think you're overwhelmed and don't know where to start, you have removed yourself from the present moment. You have removed the enjoyment from your journey. If you think about what's at stake, right, the finish line, you have lost the game. Focus on the immediate game in front of you. Right? So here's an example of how this might show up while building your practice. So let's say you have a monetary goal. You want to create $300,000 in your practice this year. There will be obstacles. First, you may not have a plan to attempt to get there. Maybe you have a plan to work day and night until it happens. That's not how I work and that's not what I expect you're here for if you're listening to this podcast. Chances are you've done that before and it worked for you to some extent, but you can't hustle your way to multiple six figures and beyond and expect to keep expanding. You must focus your time and attention differently or you will kill yourself and never have a life. The first focus is creating a plan. A plan is really a guess at how you're going to hit your goal. And my favorite quote about plans right now is from The Flash. <laughs> One of the characters says, there are only four rules you need to remember. Make the plan, execute the plan, expect the plan to go off the rails, throw away the plan. This is true for business. We can have a great plan, but as we go along, we need to tweak it. Obstacle, Facebook ads don't work as expected. Tweak the plan. Obstacle, consults don't sign up from the webinar. Tweak the plan. Just re keep refocusing on the game in front of you. One of the obstacles you may have is not being able to distinguish true obstacles from what we think are obstacles but are not. 
When we don't intentionally look at our brain to distinguish what a true obstacle is from a false one, we waste so much brain power thinking about the false one that we never take action on the true one. That's why when it just feels like you're on a hamster wheel, it means you're just not focused on the true obstacle. If your brain power is focused on the messy desk and what it means about you and how you never clean your desk and how you're never going to get through all this work, how you're behind, how you don't have enough time, then you can't focus your attention on the true obstacles to your goal because none of those things that I just stated are true obstacles. The true obstacle in this scenario could be a few things. No or poor systems in place taking clients or matters you don't really want to take, not charging enough for your work, not delegating, or all of the above. The reason you can't see it is because you just haven't trained your brain the way an athlete has trained their brain. So we're going to be working on that throughout this episode. Another way of looking at this is that the messy desk is just a symptom of an obstacle you haven't tackled yet. Or, more likely, you've been avoiding tackling your true obstacle because of what you think about creating systems, of what you think about taking client matters, of what you think about how much you charge for your services and what your clients will think about you, and how you think about delegating. To tackle those obstacles, you must change how you think about them, just like an athlete thinks about their true obstacles. Athletes didn't pop out of the womb thinking the way that they do. They had help finding their true obstacles and overcoming them. If you need help with this, I am the coach for you and you should book a call with me ASAP. This is the work I do with my clients and it's why they create the crazy results that they do. They keep their attention where it matters most. Simone Biles is another athlete who does this work on herself. She focuses on reconnecting with the feeling of fun in each gym workout and each performance she does. That's what works for her. Does she have doubts? Yes. Does she get nervous? Of course. She has a human brain just like each of us. She has a plan, focuses on the one task at hand right now, and she takes it one step at a time. She knows in that moment she's going to be the best version of her that she can be. She's not thinking about the finish line. She's not thinking about the gold medal. She's thinking about her immediate performance, her presence. When I start working with new clients, they do something that's the opposite of this, and we work on retraining their brain to see that it's just a thought and it's not reality. What they do is they come to me with their goal, And they have a lot of thoughts about why it's never worked before and it's never going to work because of all the things they've experienced in the past. They haven't trained their brains yet to see that these are just thoughts and that they don't mean anything. They don't mean anything about what they're capable of in the future, but their brain is making it mean that they can't do it. And once we start working together, they begin to see things differently. So let me share with you part of the process we work through together so you can start applying it in your life. Step one, I help them decide what they want. Not what they think they should want. Not what they've wanted in the past. What they really, truly want. This is foundational. And most of the time what we think we want isn't what we truly want. Because we haven't allowed ourselves to truly want anything that isn't what we've been told that we should want or is a reflection of where we are stuck right now. Step two, once we do that, then they get to decide what that means. 
If you want a loving relationship, what does that mean to you? Ask yourself that question. Get specific. Does that mean that your partner gets you flowers on your birthday? Does it mean that they listen to you with rapt attention anytime you open your mouth? Decide what it means to you. Is that really what you want? How do you think you will feel when you have all of that? We focus on the feeling because we're motivated to want things based on how we think having them will make us feel. Will you feel loved? Important. Name the feelings you think you'll have when you get your desired result. If you want a thriving practice, what does that mean? What does your practice look like? How much money do you want to create in a year? How many clients do you have? How much do you want to earn from matters? You get to decide. Just ask all of these questions. Get really specific. What does your life look like? Don't listen to the part of your brain that says, well, what's realistic to expect is dot, dot, dot. Michael Jordan and Simone Biles didn't achieve massive success because they were thinking about what realistic for the average basketball player or gymnast was. And neither should you. If you get the if you had the desired result, if you got it, what would that look like to you? How do you think you would feel when you had that result? Proud, accomplished, safe, relieved? Name the feeling. If you want time freedom in your business, what does that mean to you? The ability to travel when you want? The ability to pick up your kids after school? How do you think you'd feel when you had that result? Happiness, freedom, powerful. Once we have this dialed in, we work on connecting with the future version of themselves that has the outcome that they want. So the third thing that I do with my clients is we start to get inside her future version's head. The athletes who create amazing performances have human brains just like us. The reason they achieve outsized results compared to the average player is because they had a focus on what they truly wanted, then they kept focusing their brain on the most helpful thoughts that would help them overcome the obstacles. And I walked through a lot of those with you already. They learned what thoughts were helpful and hurtful to their goals, and they practiced the helpful thoughts more than the hurtful ones. Getting into the head of your future self, who's already accomplished the goals, helps you uncover the helpful thoughts and practice them. How do they think about their practice? How do they think about their loved ones? What creates more love in them? What kind of thoughts are more loving? What kind of thoughts are more accomplished? Like, what are the thoughts that create those feelings? Because remember, our thoughts create our feelings. We've already gone through some of the unhelpful thoughts, so I'm not going to go through all of them again, but I am going to take a deeper dive into them more in the next step. So in step four, I help my clients uncover their true obstacles and anticipate them as best we can. Remember, each obstacle is a game you are playing. It's a match between the part of your brain that wants a specific outcome and the part of your brain that's on autopilot. What determines the part of your brain that wins is the one that you practice the most. It's the one that you decide to make the strongest. I say it that way because for a long time, I didn't think I had an option. My brain just did what it did. I had to decide to really start working out the part of my brain that wasn't used to being focused on a goal, that wasn't used to taking actions that were different than any of the actions I'd taken before. I had to think completely differently about myself. I had to have a lot of faith in myself and just start trying things. 
I got help with that from great coaches along the way, but first I had to take a leap of faith in myself. I had to be so tired of not getting what I wanted that I was willing, willing to do something different and believing that I could figure anything out with enough help and enough practice. Kobe Bryant is a great example of this. When he was missing free throws, he didn't tell himself, well, I guess I'm just not the kind of player who hits free throws. He knew what his goal was, and he realized that this was just one obstacle that he needed to overcome. He knew he would figure it out. We can't always anticipate the obstacles. We've got to tweak the plan along the way too, remember? So a new part of his plan became to analyze what was happening with his free throws and correct it so he could get the easy points from the free throws. He looked at the game playback. He saw his shots were perfectly in line with the basket, but they fell short. He saw other players, and they were doing their free throws, and he could see how they made them. He hypothesized that he needed stronger ankles to get the lift he needed to make the shots. He worked out his ankles in the gym. The result from believing that he could figure anything out is that he started hitting free throws. That is how he thought that he could figure anything out. If you haven't practiced this work before, and even if you have, really, remember, we all have human brains. We can't always distinguish the true obstacles. If your goal is $300,000 a year, you may think the obstacles are your messy desk, your clients, opposing counsel, judge, the amount of hours in a day. But when we connect with the version of ourselves who's already accomplished the goal, we can start seeing that none of those are a problem. The future version may say something to you like, I created systems. I had criteria for matters I'm willing to take on and I said no more. I raised my prices to filter out clients. I focused on myself instead of worrying about what other people are doing. I prioritized tasks that are the most important now and not play on social media. And only you know for sure what your future self is going to say to you. So ask your future self, what did you do differently to accomplish your goal? For any of your goals, connect with the future version of yourself who's already achieved the outcome you want. Then ask what the obstacles were along the way. Step five. Okay, so we discern between true obstacles and what their brain only thinks is an obstacle. So step five can be tricky. This is probably the biggest hurdle when it comes to creating a high-performance mindset around obstacles. We are trained by society to believe our problems are outside of us, so the brain naturally wants to blame what's outside of us for what we think has gone wrong. If you've ever had a conversation with another human, then you know that everyone believes that if a person or organization behaved differently, that the world would be a better place. If all of X items were eradicated from existence, that the whole world would be a better place. This, en masse, societal thinking has been something we've practiced since childhood. If your parent ever told you that you should be nicer to Bobby because you hurt his feelings, or you need to clean your room, or mom and dad will be angry with you and take away your toys, you've learned that your actions had the power to make people feel a certain way and do certain things. Our actions aren't what create feelings. Our thoughts create feelings. Those feelings fuel our actions. 
and what we feel determines how we behave. Now, if I could teach you how to control other people, this would be an entirely different podcast and I would totally be all in on that because I'm also a control freak. However, I discovered over many years that that didn't work. What worked is what I'm sharing with you right here. So when our partner is playing on their phone when we're talking, we truly believe that if they stopped playing on the phone, we would feel more loved, right? We really believe that. We've been trained to believe that. We've also been trained that when we look at our desk and we feel overwhelmed, we truly believe it's the papers on the desk that's making us feel overwhelmed. When we feel trapped, We truly believe that the job we're at is the cause of feeling trapped and that we'd feel free if we weren't working there. This runs deep. You are not alone if you've thought these things. It's not your fault. This is just how we're raised in the whole society that we live in. This is how you overcome these. Whenever you feel something, know that it has nothing to do with the circumstances. It's okay, right? You're having a thought about the circumstances, and that thought, your mindset, is the true obstacle. It's not a problem. Don't beat yourself up for having thoughts. We all have them, right? Beating ourselves is not helpful. Just begin to observe. Be the watcher of your thoughts. Begin to see them. If you want a loving relationship, the true obstacle isn't that they're on the phone, The true obstacle is how you think about your partner and yourself and how that impacts how you talk to your your partner and about your partner. The true obstacle isn't that there's 24 hours in a day. The obstacle is the thoughts your brain has about the time in the day and how that impacts how you prioritize your time. The obstacle isn't the dating website. It's how you think about the website and how that impacts how you use them or don't use them. If you want a $300,000 practice, the true obstacle isn't the papers on the desk, your to-do list, or the number of the emails in your inbox. The true obstacle is how you think about your practice and how that impacts your desk, your to-do list, the systems that you do or don't do. The obstacle isn't your clients, opposing counsel, or the judge. The obstacle is how you think about them and how that impacts how you show up on matters. Same goes for creating a practice with more freedom. The obstacle isn't the job. It's how you think about your job and how that impacts how you show up in it. The obstacle isn't the boss. The obstacle is how you think about your boss and how you think about yourself in relationship to them. This impacts the willingness you have to have difficult conversations, to ask for what you want, or even go after what you want. This conversation that you have with yourself about finding your true obstacles might be difficult, and that's okay. What's important is that you are willing to have this conversation with yourself, that you are willing to look at things differently. Because if you're not getting the result you want, it's because you're not thinking the way that you need to. And there's just this high performance mindset available to you to begin attempting, to begin practicing. Because all of this takes practice. This is not an overnight thing. That's why 
having this kind of podcast, having coaching, having people around you who can support you in a way that helps you practice this high performance mindset is going to help you. So no matter what you do, what you decide you want, you need to just find the people who are going to help you practice it. It's the same thing as when you go to a gym and maybe you feel a little bit intimidated about the gym equipment. You have a lot of thoughts about all the people who are there and what they might be thinking about you. The reason so many of us can overcome that is because we have somebody, we hire like a um, a trainer and the trainer shows us how to use the equipment. The trainer makes us feel more confident because we know this is all learnable skill and I just need to practice this and they help you practice it. So if you want that help, I'm here for you. You can book a call with me at dinacataldo.com. All right, my friend, this was so good. I know that there is a lot here for you to digest. Listen to this episode again. It will start changing how your brain processes information and how you look at your obstacles. Stay present, enjoy the journey, be willing to match up against your autopilot brain and practice what you learned here. I have such appreciation for this work because I've seen how it changed my life and how it's changed the lives of my clients and the people around them. And I just, I can't say enough about how the willingness needs to be there to just practice this. Thank you so much for being here. I love you and I appreciate you. I will talk to you next week. Bye. When you're ready to take this work deeper, come and work with me. We work one-on-one on your thoughts, training your brain in the way you need it most to achieve what you want. Book a call with me at dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. 